you hear me all right? Good. We're reading this morning in Matthew chapter 13. And we're reading from verse 18. Well, I'm just going to let the kids go. There's going to be another exercise. Some of the folks are going to a Christian. I used to think I was a real popular preacher. I got asked every year to speak on Fair Sunday. And they discovered it because everybody else was in holiday. <laughs> right, yeah. Matthew 13, verse 18. Hear that from the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he that received the seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that hears the word and anonymously with joy receives it. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also received the seed among the thorns, as he that hears the word and the care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the world, and he becomes unfruitful. But he that received the seed into the good ground, as he that hears the word, understands it, which also bears fruit, and brings forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty, and some a hundred. Now we text in First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. And newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. This will be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And then verse 8. Wherefore also, it's not to say this name. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. May God add the blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I thought I'd let my, my sermon in this. You're going to say, good, we get him early. I'm going to speak to you this morning about growing. Remember when you were a kid and you were growing up and you got all sorts of advice, you know. You remember your mother told you. My mother told me, well, what's your company? Stick in the school and mind your manners, things like that. And I bet you, you got lots of advice. What's your diet? What's your eat? No, you wish you don't stunt your growth, sir. I don't know what that means. I don't know what you can do, but the thing says you, you can't buy thought out of this stature. But my mother was always concerned about my height. I think she was, she was used to be Scotsman. You know why Scotsmen are wee? Because <laughs> I grew up with short bread and condensed milk. <laughs> <laughs> you see, shelter is a wonderful thing. It's a thing full of aspiration and hope. When somebody says to you, you know, uh, they don't say it to you, kid, when you grow up. Because you expect them to be childish, and it's all right to be childish, and you like them to be childish. It's what it, especially when they're toddlers and they're on these 
Like them as the gods, they wanted that they were happy. Now the virus there, you know, we need to grow up and come into learning. It's one of the things, it's true, people say, what are you going to be when you grow up? And the world's your oyster, isn't it? I'm going to be a fireman, I'm going to be a pilot, I'm going to be a spaceman. Or whatever. <laughs> what was your aspiration when you were wee? What do you want to be sure of when you were wee? <coughs> a nurse. And she fulfilled it. Yeah. So, a time of aspiration and hope. It's a great time. Your world is before you, nothing is clouded. And you're all right. Well, the Bible says, first the natural, then the spiritual. Just as you have a natural life and a natural development, I mean, when your mom and dad go, you're going to grow up to be good for their They're going to grow up to be a winner of bed. You're going to grow up to be a success. You know? They've all wonderful aspirations for you in the hope. And the one thing is, I hope you'll mature. Well, you know, adulthood <laughs> doesn't always mean maturity. You can be an adult, it's not a mature. But that's by the way. So in a spiritual sense, we grow up the same way. We have to develop. And it's not in exactly the same way, it starts with the birth. Jesus said, you must be born again. <laughs> then why is this being born again? I'll tell you what it is, when you're born again, when you trust Jesus, the Bible says, he that receives Jesus, so then he gives the power to become a child of God. And that's the being born, that's conversion with you. Now, if the Bible says, except you be converted, you can't see the kingdom of God. Except you be born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Except you're born again, you won't have any understanding of the things of God. Nicodemus says, how can that be? How can an old man be born again? Well, the Bible is talking about spiritual birth. When you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and quickens Makes your own spirit alive, your body, soul, and spirit. You know, but you're not meant to conscious of your spirit till it's awakened. Peter says, "Listen, you know, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and are baptized, you shall be saved, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit Himself is a gift, and He comes in." And he quickened his spirit unto my spirit, deep calls to deep, and awakened. And he becomes the counselor and the leader of the boy. But that's the start. You must be born again, says Jesus. That's the start. If you want to be a Christian, there's no shortcuts. You can't become a Christian by proxy. My mom and dad were Christians. I was born in a Christian home. Whatever. Yeah. Jesus says, whosoever will. There comes a time in your life when you have to make the decision. Who will I follow? And Jesus calls you to follow me. It's all about Jesus. Not about the church, not about the doctrine. It's about Jesus. Hey, follow me and I will give you life. So I come to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. <laughs> he starts it, he finishes it, he completes it. And then one day he'll present you spotless and blameless. But we start off as a children. I don't know how first get this. You know, you can imagine yourself, you must be saying, you want to, you want to turn the world upside down, you? Yeah, that's what they said. They got saved. They were fearful. They were shut in a wee room. They were scared of the Romans. They were scared of the Pharisees. They were scared of everybody. 
till Jesus came. And they're out shouting, shouting it from two stops, Jesus says. Now, when that gets said, I was, I was, I was full of the joys of the Lord. I think I'm still full of the joys of the Lord. <laughs> but you know, I was saying, well, you know, why? Because I discovered purpose. Life was more than three square meals in a bed. Life was, had a purpose. I was born for a purpose. I was more than a national shoes no more. I was an individual loved by God, sought by God, travailed over by the Lord, and called by the Lord. And the Bible says, He, listen, He gave me the gift of repentance. He shed the light of the gospel in the heart. It's all about Him. And they called Him a son. And I became a child of God. I used to say, all of a sudden, all the time I wanted, I'm going to turn the conversation on the gospel. They were useless to me. That's all right. You're mellow. And you said, Lord, please don't let me mellow. <laughs> please don't let me mellow. Keep me alive and growing. But church in God is wonderful because you've just discovered that is purpose, that is meaning, that is design. And God is in control. And you have this new hope. <laughs> like I tell you, the future's bright. God has for you is good because men say his will is good and perfect. Yeah. And you've got a lot of purity to look forward But Paul says, listen, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. I acted like a child. And that's perfectly all right. Nobody gives you a loud Nobody gives you a loud for your immaturity. Nobody gives you a loud because you're learning. There's an understanding and an acceptance of it. Yeah. But when somebody says to you, as an adult, hey, it's time you grew up, that's an insult, isn't it? But, I mean, what do you mean that? What do you think, you think I'm not worth it? Paul said, but when I became a man, I put away selfish things. And there comes a time when God says, you love me, my son, <laughs> my daughter. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. You know, most of the turned up and talk about a second means of grace. The homeless people call it sanctification. Entire sanctification. <laughs> the very cross is called the baptism of the spirit. My experience was when I get saved, I was still with the joy of the Lord. And there wasn't too long saved till then, oh, a a conscience of sin. I wasn't conscious of doing anything the wrong hand, age of guilt. And I was walking across the, the way to the Berlin prison, come home from work one day after one day. And I couldn't even ask, stop, I said, Lord, you need to lift this button. And I left it. And I was walking six feet above here. And things like that, I say, well, you know, what God was doing this is, now you know what it's about. <clears throat> and you're ready for it. And that's the way the Bible said, the, the seed that falls among the thorns gets choked up by things in the world. Or when persecution comes, or temptation comes because of the world, they fall away. There comes a thing we say, Lord, and the same to fall in you. 
ก็พอมีอย่างไรก็พอมีอย่างไรนักเรียนฉันจะใช้ต้องใช้ You know ten year grown up people are correct and young anyway they want not to do The discipleship is a learning process. The cycle, and a modern name, we we call them apprentices. People learning from the master. Jesus says, "If you're my disciples, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments." I used to say, "Yeah, you love me, darling." And she said, "Yes, I said, 'Good, keep my commandments.'" So, it didn't work. But Jesus said, "You know, if you're my disciple, you'll hear my word, and you'll obey it. Don't call me Lord, and don't do what I tell you. Don't say Lord, Lord, and don't obey me." That's the discipleship. It's also known as sanctification. That's a funny word. Then I think about sanctification. Sanctification means sanctified just means you're separated or dedicated to God, and it's a process of becoming from a sinner to a saint. A saint is a sanctified being. It's not really Saint George and the Dragon, a wee stained glass windows. A saint. As someone who's dedicated and separated the life unto God, and that's where the victory comes. You see, you can't serve two masters. You can't live in the world and live in God and be quite happy. You know, the most miserable people on earth are backsliders. I'll tell you why: because they can't fully enjoy the world anymore because they know it's wrong. And they're miserable because of lost salvation. Terrible place to be. I told the David sent me Uriah his wife, Bathsheba, and he lost his joy. Just the heavens have become glass. I'm told to the ceiling. There's no joy in my sacrifices and my worship. I've lost the joy of my salvation. And it comes back to God and repents. This is Lord, restore, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Renew your right spirit within me, that I might walk in your statutes, keep your judgments. Praise God. So I was always encouraging the church to go on, to go into maturity. His desire, he said, my desire is to present you the truth to Christ. No, as a, your dedication to Christ, not a marriage, it's a commitment. I'm doing a uh, wedding next month, my granddaughter. She was not too very keen in having the word of being a wedding, but she'll learn. <laughs> you see, marriage, Christian marriage is not 50 50. This match a hundred percent and a hundred percent, and that's how Jesus he gives himself fully to Him, and He gives Himself fully to you, hundred percent, no middleman. Paul was always saying, "I want you to come to the full stature of Christ, mature in Him. I want to present you mature in Him, 
That's the important way. And he says, I'm in the church, you know, I'm not able to do that because you are yet mere men. I can't give you spiritual meat, strong meat, because you're still on the milk. As Peter says, are you born baby? Desire the sincere milk of the world. Why? That you may grow. I want to give you strong meat, he said, but you're not ready for it. Even Jesus says to the disciples time and time again, I want to tell you more, but you're not ready for it yet. I can't give you strong meat, he says, because you're yet me. Well, there's strife among you. Well, there's disagreement among you. You know, well, there's jealousy among you. Are you not yet me and me? Are you not still calm? And the Bible says, you need to put off the old man and put on Jesus. <clears throat> it's like a water. We had a friend, a lovely friend, a lovely person, maybe she's dead now. In the glory, but she used to go out the door and she said, No, I need to put on my best face for Jesus. There was a couple of tramps sat in the park in Pelia, and she spoke to the most one and said, and They heard she died. And they came out of the house one day, chapter, and said, We heard the princess has died. Mm. It's such a lovely taste, isn't it? Yeah. I want you to go off the old man. And feel like you. It's like putting on Jesus. This is put him on. Put him on deliberately. Decide, determine to be like Jesus. It's your will, your mind. That's where Satan attempts you. That's where all the battles go in your mind. Where say, let Jesus take captive your thoughts. Give your thoughts that. That sounds like a big struggle, doesn't it? But it's not hard. Yeah. If you want to lose weight, you need to give up the sugar. My wife's told me getting sugar. And it's no made that bit of difference. <laughs> but if you want to get closer to Jesus, Jesus draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. And the things you got to put off are the things that stunt your growth. Back to the parable of the seed. Don't stay in the park. Don't be on the fringe. Get into the body. Get into the body. Don't be on the wayside. Thanks, there are two masters. One foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. The Bible says, a single minded purpose. Don't let the cares and circumstances choke your work. Trust him. He says, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. I'll be with you and the more we go off the old man, the more we're going to you. Paul says it this way. He that is mindful of the flesh feeds the flesh. But he that is mindful of the spirit <laughs> walks in the spirit. Well, it sounds a little hard, and it? it says, oh, like doing a little hard work. I'm going to keep trying to keep thinking 
Well, let me tell you, you're not on your own. Sorry, it was meant to say. They forewarned me in case I got upset. <laughs> We're going to a dedication of a better question. You're not on your own. Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's expedient for you that I'm in heaven. Simple reason for being, if he wasn't in heaven, you'd be in Galilee. And the internet connection is not that good. It's expedient for you that I go away because if I would, I will send another comforter. He shall be in you. So as Peter says, believe, be baptized. You shall be saved and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit Himself is the gift, gifted to you to come alongside you. He's called the Father, the Helper, the Counselor. He leads and guides you into your truth. It's Him that convicts you, you know. It's Him that praises. It's Him that brings revelation. It's Him that enlightens the world. It's Him that gives you the light of the gospel. It's Him that gives you the gift of repentance. It's him that encourages you to be like Jesus, which is a goal. Now, what is the goal? Why are you saved? And what are you saved for? You are saved. And <laughs> you know what you're saved from? You're saved from the rock, the common. You're saved from your sin. You're saved from him. You're saved to new life in Christ. What are you saved for? Why are you still here? <laughs> Why didn't you just push me up when I get saved? <laughs> because you're here to finish the work of Christ. To fulfill the commission. To complete his works. That's why he gave you the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power to witness. Now you go, okay, well, what are we giving you to what I mean? Does that mean I've been the man's or someone tell everybody? Well, I want to tell you this Christian life. Is more about what you are and who you are than what you do. It's about being. Being. God has birthed you to become a son and a daughter. That you may mature in Christ and become, and is calling many sons into glory. We are supposed to be <laughs> many Christ on the earth. Christ. That you may become a son of God. And here's the one of those. As many as are the children of the sons of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. Led by the Spirit of God. The delight of God's heart, Father's heart, and God delights you to know this Father, is for a son that God advises. He said of Jesus, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. First time he said that was at his baptism. And the Greek word they used there was techno, which is a napoleon. <laughs> the same one we get our baptist from. This is my son. Birth. And the context of that is he, you know, when you birth to God, you become a descendant of God. You're in his language and his father. The second time he said, This is my beloved son in whom I have been. 
was almost at the end of his ministry in the Mount of Transfiguration. And the word, the word there, that's a, which promotes us, which means mature. Mature. He's now come to the place. And he loved his life by saying, I only do what the Bible tells me. And in Gethsemane, he says, Lord, not my role to do this. And he completed the task on the cross for your service. That you too may <laughs> be born again and become a son of God. By the Spirit. As we were the religious of the Spirit. A lot of people are afraid of the gifts of the Spirit or confused about the gifts of the Spirit because I've got the Spirit when I was born again. That's right, you've got the gift of the Spirit. The baptism of the Spirit is the gifts of the Spirit. You have the Spirit and you have his gifts. And he gives his gifts to him to go for the edification and the building up of the church. So don't be confused because you have the spirit to find there's no more. There is always more in God. You'll never exhaust them. <laughs> never exhaust them. He's always got more. And for what he's also says, desire spiritual gifts that you may edify the body. And I speak about spiritual gifts for somebody. But God's desire for you is a child of God as that you grow and become fruitful. Christ-like. We all think of fruit as winning souls. Not either winning souls as wise as it is. If you need the barrels of that, you say, well, the fruitfulness of God has been intellectual in prayer. God answers your prayer. You're being fruit. So I commend you. No matter which stage you're at in your development, we always think we're mature. Just the same way our knowledge is a level of understanding. Because that's a level we think no. So we learn differently. That Jesus breathed and he was Receive you also. You're born of the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. Have we boys been to this is the way walking in it? The we boys are convinced you that's not right. The we boys that keeps you walking in the path of God. This desire for you is fullness, maturity, the fullness of God dwelling in you. Amen.